0: word thank you lord for the comfort of your word the peace of your word everything that comes good in life comes through your holy word so we bless you we love you and we thank you for it we honor you today lord in jesus name amen and praise god so today i thought i'd steal something from pastor shirley or piggyback off (laughs) i was going to talk about friendship with the world in fact before i heard the the uh um uh the uh, testimony of Juana, where she gave us the outline of what her teaching was about, I have thought about it, and I thought about it especially in light of political situations in this nation. And I don't tell people who to vote for, but I try to reason with people and get them to know that your vote really is a prayer of agreement. Amen. It, it really is. So, because, see, for the secular people, it made me one thing but you as a christian you're a spiritual spiritual person and you have the power of binding and loosing in everything that you do whatever you allow here is allowed in heaven whatever you disallow is disallowed in heaven and so i always take the vote as a sacred uh thing because it ties us into heaven and our covenant with god and it ties us into the spiritual realm <clears throat> Be careful what you lose on this earth through your boat. Yes. Can I say it like that? So yes. can I say it like that? Yes. Now, we all know that people are are not perfect uh, they're not uh, by any means uh, without flaw. but we have to look beyond imperfect people and look at what that that group stands for, yes. you know. Yes. I I didn't even know parties had platforms until I really started trying to understand what was happening in the world. There are many people that feel left out and disenfranchised like they don't count. And their voice is not ever being heard. And so we want to allow people, and and God wants to allow people, to have a voice and be able to have a say-so in life. And not only that, but speak for him speak for the good things that god wants to bring into this earth and the good things that he has ordained and put on the hearts of different people to accomplish for him never forget that this nation was founded by christians who were escaping religious persecution and we've moved so far away from that original intent of this country that now christians are being persecuted here They're being told they can't pray in Jesus' name. Chaplains in the military are being told they can't pray, uh, they can't worship, so many things. And it's being done under the the heading of freedom of speech. Whenever your free speech causes somebody else to shut up, it's not freedom of speech anymore. You got me? And so we have to be careful when we vote and when we cast votes for people to know their platform you have to know who's speaking for for perversion sexual perversion if you're trying to raise your kids clean you want to see grandchildren amen Amen. Amen. that means that they have to marry somebody of the opposite sex and you want them to look like you you don't want to come from some factory or something like that then you have to really put your vote to the test of what it is that you're signing on for what is my prayer of agreement with these people? You know, even though they're politicians and I'm a Christian, it all adds up at some point. And so I just say that to you to admonish you to take these things seriously. Don't be intimidated by anybody, and certainly not by me. And don't go along with the group just because you're afraid not to, because there's there's that spirit that's loose in the world, that uh, the accusing spirit and that one tends to drive a lot of what we hear every day. And so we have to realize that the accuser of the brethren is cast down. He has no power over us, and we don't have to, amen, be intimidated by the accusation. It kind of reminds me when we were kids, if you got mad at somebody, you called them names. Uh, They say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You got me? well i think names are having an impact on people now because it's causing them to back up from their position you know now they're saying that if you preach against homosexuality they can charge you with hate speech and that's been a long time you know they they can come in here if we're on the internet which i don't care (laughs) charge me with whatever i plead the blood
1: yeah i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna say what daddy tell me to say uh i got a father to please i think thinking about these people going to hell uh, intimidate me if you must <laughs> but i got a father to please and i got a people here that are wanting truth they don't want lies they want truth amen <laughs> when the church loses its truth man we're all in trouble amen You might as well get ready to sign for an early ticket home because if there are not people down here uh, speaking truth, there's no work for the Holy Spirit to do. So we want to make sure you stay true to what God puts in your heart and what you read in that word. And you make sure you stand up for God every time. And people will have a refuge that they can come to when when trouble hits, you know. Because if the Christians are AWOL, where are the hurting people going to go? You got me? So we are a refuge for the world. Amen. So we're going to talk about friendship with the world, though, and really what that means. Because I thought I was, I was thinking about this, and I thought about how people speak and, and what they think. And, you know, a lot of stuff on Facebook, is, it's all political now, you know. And so until the election's over and that blows over, they're gonna, people are going to speak a lot of things. And it, I think people really move on their beliefs more than they do on facts. You know, it's just what they—that's just what they've been conditioned to believe. You know, unfortunately, the and people have said this for for decades now. Uh, the what we call the press or the media um, have been slanted left-wing for generations now. See, I remember back in the days in the '60s, the hippie movement. And it was free love, free sex, and you thought, Mm, let me get away from them people. They carry disease and they're crazy and they smoke pot all day long and they're, they were like the anti establishment. Well, now, 40 or 50 years later, they're the establishment now. Wow. See, immorality has gripped in so many different places that it's a little hard to find somebody who is is you know speaking up for just basic judeo christian principles like the the basic 10 don't kill don't steal don't lie don't fornicate don't hate your parents don't you know all that stuff is gone because we have people now who run things who are highly immoral people they're just immoral people they're sexually immoral they're financially immoral. They're immoral on so many different levels. Uh, I never thought we'd see the day where somebody would actually advocate uh, aborting a baby at eight or almost nine months. No, you've got to kill that child, too, because, you know, at six months, they're viable. They can start fighting and breathing, and, you know, if they're given a little assistance, they live. But when you think about what's being said, what's to stop somebody from coming to your house when your kid's two years old and say, I have an order for this baby to be aborted? What What difference does it make? Two years old, in the womb, whatever. Murder is still murder. I don't care what, you know, how they. And so when, when you think about what needs to change in this nation and in the world, the list is exhaustive. You know, there's a long list of things that need to change, but I believe they can because God said this. He said, he told uh, Solomon when he, when Solomon was building the temple and Solomon asked God, he said, you know, if a famine comes up, you know, if we stand in this temple, Lord, hear our prayer. He said, if, 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 uh, you know, a war breaks out and we're uh, killed on every side, if people would come in, stand in this house, hear our prayer. And that's where we got Second Chronicles seven. It's my people who were called. See when that stuff happens, you know, I don't sit up and condemn the church uh because things look bad in the world. You know, you got people, doom and gloom people. Oh, this is the end of the world. It's over for I I don't think so, honey. I'm praying. I don't know what you, what kind of God you serve. It ain't over till I sin. You got me? <laughs> people are crazy they don't read their bible got reverend behind their name and in front of their name it would say something stupid like that i'm always gonna pray are you kidding me it don't get too bad you can't pray <laughs> they don't know god <laughs> but anyway friendship with the world is something that we as believers have to watch because it's very subtle it's very subtle sometimes you know the enemy can come to you the bible says he masquerades as an angel of light come to you in the form of anything you know and offer you something you find yourself compromising on what god wants you to say and what he wants you to do and and you change your beliefs you change there's so many people who get caught up in the friendship trap Make friends with people who had, you know, there's something attractive about them, something you like about them, whatever, whatever. And then down the road you find out they're not Christian, they don't think like you do, and you're already connected though. So you don't part company, you got me? You don't part ways with them, and you wind up adopting their ways. And so we have to cut those things off. And, you know, I I remember when I was newly saved, people say things like, well, when I was newly saved, I did this and this and You know, there's a lot of wisdom in some of that stuff you do as new Christians because of the stuff that that I vowed God reminds me of and it keeps me walking with him. You know, some of that stuff you blurt out and all that kind of stuff, it means something to God. And I remember telling God I I was so uh, disappointed I had been a, a psychiatric nurse. And I would call different people I worked with, and I tell them, I said, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better. I had, a, you know, I had, I suffered depression, and, you know, they never call back again. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. My friends. Yeah. See, that's worldly friends for you. Yes. And so, as I walk with God, I realize I didn't need any friend but Him. Yeah. So you find that out. And that's what that was for, for him to let me know, listen. And I said, well, God, if you, if you can be my only friend, I said, then you just bring people in my life. You choose my friends for me. You bring people in that you want me to have, and you get people out <laughs> that you want to get out. And I've always left that up to God. But I've had more friends than I've had rejections. Isn't that amazing? When you let God, he said, how many of you have left? father mother sister brother that i didn't give you more increase you father mother sister brother mm-hmm. and the friends i have in god they're true friends you know they're not this fair weather stuff you got me <laughs> it's the true. so we have to let god do those things that's wisdom to have him choose what uh, what goes on in your life so in james chapter uh, four Verse one, it talks about the wisdom from above in in uh, chapter three. He talks about what god's wisdom is like. He said it's peaceable, it's full of good fruit and i mean it'll if you follow what God tells you to do, the fruit will be good it won't be disaster after disaster after disaster, and he'll show you which way to go and he says. But in, verse, in chapter 4, he says, from where do you, wars and fightings come among you? He said, don't they come from your lusts that warn your members? In other words, people don't fight until they get selfish. Hmm? I want this and you, I, you standing in my way. If it wasn't for you, I'd have so-and-so and such-and-such. You got me? And so it comes from selfishness and lust. And he says, this lust the wars in your members. It means in your flesh. that everybody has this to contend with. He says, you lust and have not. You kill, desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war and you don't have because you don't ask. He said, "Ask; you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your lust. So in other words, God don't bless greedy people. You've got to work for what you get from God. I have y'all know. huh? What do we have to work at? We have to work our faith. We have to work our, our life of service to the Lord. Amen. you got to lay down your life and not pick it back up again. He says, you adulterers and adulteresses. <laughs> hey, you hookers. <laughs> See, now here I go tell it on myself. I got stuck again. Well, look at tanya her eyes are like, like look a little saucers you know like a deer in the headlights i was watching this i got stuck watching white chick
1: okay
0: <laughs> and remember the dance off he said oh no you hookers You're not gonna get away with that <laughs> they they kicked it old school all right as many times as I watch that stupid movie and say I'm not going to watch it no more I'm stuck watching it again and wind up telling on myself oh darling (laughs) anywho but that's what James calls them adulterers and adulteresses huh friendship with the world trying to be in the church friendship in the world trying to be in the church huh Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Amen. So this is what we're up against. Compromise. bowing to the whims of the enemy. Being seduced away because of what we want in our flesh and in our members. When you're God's friend, you lay down your life as he laid down his it's a life for a life you are a covenant friend which means you you have a different standard on your friendship than the world has see people in the world don't really care a whole lot if you quit speaking to them they'll replace you with somebody in a hot minute you understand what i'm saying satan doesn't know how to keep a covenant huh? he can't keep one because he's a liar Liars don't keep promises. In fact, they don't even make promises. <laughs> the words they say don't hold. They don't have any weight. They don't have the Holy Spirit nagging them to obey what they've commanded or committed to do. They have no help in doing that. So All they can do is lie. Huh? Yeah, baby, we
1: don't don't,
0: don't come to me as your baby. We. You go do something first. (laughs) Because ain't no we up in here. And if I don't see something soon, won't be no we. (laughs) See, at my age, you can talk like that. I'm grown. I talk like that. Uh But you should be grown like that when you're young. Huh? I learned years ago if if I haven't sent a prayer out for something, probably it's not God bringing it to me. Because it's hard to fit surprises into your life. Surprises often don't come by faith. Okay? Did you send out a Did you send out a request for that? Oh, we can't find no requisition. That's not our property. Then take it back. Amen. Amen. Oh, Barb, that's mean. And people mean well. Pe- yeah, but the devil's evil, and he uses a lot of mean well people. Just saying. Um, why don't we define what a friend is? i found this interesting. Amen. Um, Webster dictionary definition, friend is a person you know and have a bond of mutual affection. There's something you both like. It's often exclusive of family relationships. So this does not have to be a family member. Sometimes it can be. Friendship means a strong liking or trust. A friend is one who helps or supports something. Like we are friends of uh, Wounded Warrior Project. We're friends and partners. You know, many times uh, 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 Christian organizations will call people partners. You know, same thing. One who helps or supports something. People who are allied in a struggle or cause. It means (laughs) comrade. It's someone you love and who loves you, right, (laughs) comrade? It means to have mutual feelings and personal attachment. Friendship in its deepest meaning refers to a covenant tie. Covenant by blood or a covenant unto death. A marriage is a covenant unto death, which is the same thing almost as blood. You know what I'm saying? It means to be bonded together for the purpose of mutual support and enhancement. So friendship is taken on to enhance a cause, a person, you can, you can benefit from a good friendship. When we belong to the Lord, we are in covenant friendship with him. It cannot be broken. So what it means is that God is always holding himself to his word, and he's always holding us to his word. Amen. It's that type of relationship. <coughs> you must die to self. When you have covenant with God, that means that you take up that person's life and the agreement that you have in that that relationship. So for instance, if if you are in covenant with God, and he says, "Now I want you to go to um, say, you know, Afghanistan, like we read about that family yesterday." and you try and try and try not to go and and then you find yourself there anyway you just say okay i'm gonna quit fighting it and and i'm gonna get over there and do what god wants me to do if if god commands you to do that that means that for the good of the covenant relationship and the good of his purpose in your life you have laid down your resistance to going your fears about going what you plan to do with your life anyway you understand what i'm saying we have to let go of all of that when we're in covenant with god now many times when we lead people to salvation we don't tell them all the nitty-gritty details and we don't need to because god informs them i know he informed me amen i realized that it wasn't so easy to get around and do all the things that i wanted to do i realized that there was a force taking the wind out of my sails you know for lack of a better term so making it a little too it wasn't as interesting for me to have my way it wasn't as important somehow there was some force working in me that was working against the way i used to do things so we don't really have to tell people all the ins and the outs of god explains the covenant to us as we walk with him he did that with every servant he had in the bible he did that with abraham he said just get up and walk once you start walking i'll talk to you a little bit more and tell you more things you need to do amen and so we realize, and then after a while you start reading your bible and you start putting it together and you say oh no wonder i can't do well, when I got saved, I said I was done with the dumb stuff anyway. So what am I complaining about? This is a favor to me. I can't get caught up in myself anymore. And so when we have friendship with God, that means that we are willing to lay down our life. And if we resist it, we, we agree with God that it's not worth resisting anymore. It's really not worth resisting anymore. I used to look at my dad and I would think about how smart a man he was. I always thought he was very smart and very wise, but I felt bad for him because he didn't seem to ever do much with it because of his alcoholism. And then I realized after a while that both my parents were called to preach. They both had preaching gifts. My mother had a a very strong prophetic gift. She could sit and look and you oh Mom getting spooky, what is she thinking about? You know, you know how prophetic people sometimes <laughs> You know <laughs> but you can feel they're off somewhere figuring things out. And she would get angry at my dad and talk to him and that finger would come out and, and my dad would quote scriptures at her. And I said, well, look at the devil stealing. Yes. Look at how he stole. Because of their ignorance of the word, they reached out to God the best way they could, but they didn't quite get And I said, you know what, devil, you're not doing it no more. It stops here. You got me? So I decided that when I serve God, I'm going to do it with everything I got for as long as I'm here. No holes barred i don 't care how stupid I look i don 't care how many things i how many promises I miss, and everybody knows it. You understand what well, i don 't care enough about and all that kind of nonsense. but what I care about is being a friend of God at all times and sticking up for the Word at all times and in season and out of season, I can share the word with somebody, I can preach and pray and prophesy and do whatever God tells me to do and and it stops here devil you're not stealing from this generation the way you stole from my parents got me you're not doing it so it's worth it to me to lay down my little stuff i was going to do which wasn't much you know when we're when we are sinners we all think we're going to take the world by storm oh, i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that ah. But you die to the lust of the flesh. You have to if you're going to be raised up in God. Amen. Friendship means, friendship with the world means that you are a friendship with selfishness. Worldly people are selfish people. They think about what they're going to eat, drink, and wear, what they can acquire, how much of it they can get, and how fast they can get it. God slows us down so that we can enjoy life we can enjoy Him. We're not pressured by the things of the world. They're constantly plagued by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. When we are friends with the world, we put aside God's agenda to serve our own. When you are friends with someone... You have similar goals, beliefs, habits, and fellowship. You pick that up from your friends. So there are ties that bind us to one another. And oftentimes they are our goals, beliefs, habits, and fellowship. Be careful what attracts you to people even people in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Even Christians. Yeah. You know, sometimes people have these little pet pet relationships that that they cultivate and they're drawn to people and what what really gets me sometimes is that you see that per, person has flaws and you see they have faults but you're afraid to let go of them. Wow. Huh? Amen. Now It's not about going around rejecting people all the time. But if you're a real friend, it's going to come up one day about these flaws, faults. What do you do? What do you do? See, many times we bypass Giving them the word, even though you know the word. huh? Bringing some correction. You know why people do that? They don't like correction themselves. They're scared of it. See, once you take it on the chin real good, you realize you survive it. Oh, I'm not talking about my marriage now. <laughs> so you survive it. And you realize it was good for you. Huh? And then that way you can release that to others because down the road they're going to have a bigger problem than what they have right now. I knew a couple that, that had uh, another couple, Christian, Christian couple that they were friends with. And this couple uh, had already had children and were doing some things, and I would notice that they were around them all the time Mm -hmm. and around people in the ministry less and less. You got me? That's where it starts. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. Sometimes there's something about people that draws you to them that you you find it hard to break that, Mm -hmm. and you know it's not compatible you understand you know it's not and so when it's not compatible somebody's gonna have to win out and see little by little this couple their hearts got turned against god's people that were praying for them helping them financially when they needed it blessing them on their birthdays and different things like that you know all that kind of stuff so here it is you have a life source that god has developed for you Yet you break away with, from that life source to follow something else that you've made friends with. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Many times people don't break relationships because they don't like being wrong. They don't, just don't like, you know, just being honest with you. You know, I, 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 well, they're not that bad. See? Well, I don't see what you see. And it's because you're blind. I'm trying to tell you right now. <laughs> that's a problem. And it's not an asset. It's a problem. You see? And so when you find that, that, that your affection is being stolen away from God, good way to, to, to gauge it is, is how you treat God's people, especially God's faithful people. You got me? You start getting involved with people like that. And you start letting that draw you, there's something else drawing you that you're not aware of. I, I tell God all the time, I say, God, please, you know, help me with fear, you know, different fears. Fears of being by yourself, fears of being alone, fears of being uh <laughs> visiting angels coming. <laughs> I mean, I always tell when I forget something or I do something stupid, I tell Tippy and Tom, I said, Don't be calling visiting angels on me. You know how they say, If you have a loved one who can no longer be safely left alone, get to know he? I don't be calling them people on me. Uh? And so I just asked God, I said, just day by day, let me trust you and deliver me from my fears. Amen. <laughs> deliver me from my fears it's the truth it's, I mean I don't care how how mature you get in God or how you know what your age or what your assets are or whatever you think you got going for you there's always something the enemy uses to shake you and make you feel insecure about things and so God has to shield us from that I know this much every time I take a stand for God my protection increases huh it's the truth i feel more invincible towards the enemies you understand what i'm saying there's a way to fight that insecurity you just take and keep your stand on god but be careful of of clicky little things you people get involved with that you know it's like calling them all the time and and let's go do lunch and let's do i mean i got nothing wrong with lunch i took somebody to dinner last week but I paid by two people, three people. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. We rolled it. That was a big week for me. I don't usually feed that many people at a restaurant in one week. <laughs> huh? I do lunch, but I don't do it all the time. Huh? I don't do it all the time. And I don't do it with everybody. I try to wait until the Lord leads me to do something. You know, certain things. You have no clue. You can't see behind that screen of the Spirit that holds the warfare and holds the strategies of the enemy against you. All you can do is obey God, and that's enough. Minute by minute obeying God, keeping your heart pure. Don't compromise with people when they get stupid. Don't agree with them on everything. Patronize. So when you are friends with someone, you have to have the same goals. Amen. When we are friends with God, we lay down what we want and accept his will for us with no exceptions. No exceptions. You can't hold back a little bit for yourself. You know, is a, a, a typical ensnare, snare of the Christian is to want to do it later. Hmm. Listen. If your mama slapped you upside your head for sitting around and not moving when you told her to, what do you think is going to happen when you serve a holy God? Do you think he'll sit you and let you do that? So we lay down what we want and accept. You have to accept things. You accept his will for you. Whether you think it's better or not, whether you think you're going to get everything you want, uh, you know, God, he might send me, he, no, he ain't sending you nothing right now. But he might send me this and he might send me that. He ain't sending you nothing because you ain't moving no nothing in faith. You're not being obedient. There ain't nothing coming. You in neutral. He's sending you nothing. You know, we think a little bit too much more highly about ourselves than we need to. Huh? Most of us just wanna get a almost ring. Is it
1: coming?
0: Is it coming? Is it coming? When win 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 win. I wonder when I wonder when I wonder when, when, when is it coming, Kitchen? We get so happy and giddy over a almost ring. <laughs> and then the brother instead of go get some cats, he'd go get some nuggets. You know when they cut when they when they cut rings jewelers know how to cut them in such a way that they get more rings off you know more stones real ass but then to get down to the bare minimum that blow stuff and you got to put glue to it and put it on with a setting is that that's what they do mm-hmm. that's what them brothers be getting it's just shiny. Well, it was shining today. I gotta put it in some better light to get it to shine again. Put some grease on it. I don't care what you do; that thing ain't enough to shine.
1: <laughs>
0: and that was an almost thing, huh? Probably worked the poor man day and night. You got something you wanna ask me? <laughs>
1: Hit, 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 hit. Huh?
0: Well, what are your plans for the future? Not nothing with you. What they want to say. Stop it, Sister Johnson. <laughs> God has already laid down his life for us. What are we holding back? It is illegal, immoral for you to hold back on him when he's done that for you. Huh? You have no covenant if you don't lay down your life. You understand that? You just think you've got something. You think you're walking with God. But it starts there. It starts whenever a covenant was cut, people pledged the same thing you didn't get this 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 and this of brother a and, and you take everything and he get nothing huh and i know people have taught blood covenant like that you know with with christ all he, he took all your sin all your this all your that yeah that's true but he also took my ability to make decisions apart from his will if i'm gonna live right now i am gonna be pleasing to him so this is a covenant where we're set to please God. We're not set to please self. Friendship with the world. You share the world's goals. Where are, they, where are you going? You better make sure you're going where God wants you to go. That family we read about yesterday, who knew, took their, their very young children over to Afghanistan. Three out of the the four family members were murdered by the afghans but they laid down their life to serve god they said before that they were just going to church and then bumped into god for real and found out he really did have a plan for their lives (laughs) so we must accept his will for us with no exceptions most people, when you're born again, deep down, you really do believe God's will is best for you. We just have doubts. You know, it's not that we think God's going to give us a raw deal. You know, I remember when I was first saved, I thought he was going to send me to Africa. That's what everybody thinks. He's going to tell you to do something. But I'm telling you, if he tells you to do something, it will be, you will know in your heart it's the right thing to do. He has the ability to change our hearts if we will say yes to him that's all he wants you to do is say yes don't think about it don't think about what it's going to cost you don't think he's already factored that in for you all you do is say yes and he puts you on the path to being able to accept it and carry out what he wants you to do we tend to think of ourselves we tend to value ourselves too little to think that god really does have a plan for us And he has a goal for our lives. He has work for us to do. He has all of these things. And many times we will content ourselves with superficial obedience. Just a little bit. Just enough for me not to feel quite so guilty. Just enough for me to, you know, have my name on the roll, as they say. You know, that goes on in charismatic and in spirit filled churches too. You know, people do just enough. Don't oh, don't want to get too seats I don't wanna I wanna look like Pastor Barb. Uh, deranged old lady. I was a deranged middle aged lady, I was a deranged young lady, I've been deranged all my life. What's the difference? You understand me? See there's always something that the enemy will show us in a negative light so we don't understand the beauty that God sees uh, in everybody. We, we just don't, don't see it. And see, that comes with walking with God as well. You can see things, you can see people, you can see situations the way God sees them. And then you're able to trust God and cooperate in his plan once you get a vision of the way he does say for instance if we see anybody come in and see a room full of people dressed differently different ages so forth and so on god sends, sees people that have treasure inside of them see he sees treasure he don't see what you know that your hair is is not what it used to be or you know your nails are too busy for the outfit or he don't see any of that kind of stuff he sees treasure huh he sees treasure huh? what frustrates me more than anything is is in in working with god's people i know god sees treasure i see treasure i don't see as much as he does he sees way beyond where i see and i see people living like they have nothing you got me living like they're not significant living like they're not important living like they have nothing to to value you've got to value what god put inside of you at least value it enough to obey god in your life huh it's It's amazing to me how the world steals that from Christians and gets us chasing after the same things the world's chasing after, which won't avail us anything because inside of you, if you pursue too many things in the flesh inside of you, there's this fatigue in there. That you know you're wearing yourself out and what's for? Is this all there is to it? I mean, come on now. I've been beating my head against the brick wall trying to, you know, to attain this and I'm worn out. Well, that's a good place to be because that's where you can cry out to God and he can come and rescue you from yourself. Yeah. You don't have to try and find your way. When God's your friend, he'll come and find you. He'll do everything you need. He'll put you in the right places with the right people every day. Huh? I'm not talking about a once-in-a-lifetime miracle or a little bit here and a little bit, but every day will be a rich day if you know how to live for God every day. So let go of the nonsense and start living for God. Some people do what they think God wants, and never get it straight from God. Now you see that in preachers all the time. They borrow messages off each other and borrow. Now I joke about stealing from preachers. <laughs> I don't steal from many of them. I steal off Pastor Shirley because I, I know what she does. See, before somebody, you have no person's a person of integrity. You know, they give you something to chop on. Brother Hagan, for 20 years, pastored a church. And one day he decided to pray, and God caught him. You know what I mean when I say, God, catch me. Now now lay me down to sleep, I pray to the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Jump in the bed, go to sleep fast as you can, so God won't say anything back to you. So God got him and started talking to him. And God says, Well, I'm about to get you. Uh, he said, I'm about to have you embark on your ministry. Amen. And he thought he misheard him. He said, Oh, my ministry, God, I've been pastoring for 20 years. God said, I never told you to do that.
1: <laughs>
0: the great brother Hagen,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, Huh? 20 years mistaken. Huh? Yeah, yeah. hmm? Now, let me tell you something about God. God is still God. If you call a meeting, get a bunch of people in there, and you tell them you're going to do this and do that and do the other, and those people are expecting, guess what God's going to do? He's going to help them people. Just because he helps people through you don't mean that you're doing what he wants you to do. Just a thought. So after that, he founded Ramah. He's affected. You can see it must have been God that had him make the switch. Look at the number of people and the impact he's made through Ramah that he never made. We don't know any of them churches and them church people he ever pastored before. You don't hear about them. But you hear about the work he did when he obeyed God. Stop and find out what God wants for you. He was a pastor, and he was called as a prophet and a teacher. Yeah. Huh? Way out of where he's called to be. Huh? He, Brother Hagen, he is like a lot of people with a real strong testimony. They do most of their good for God through the strength of their testimony. They really do, because their testimony is authentic you know god did something for them god made an impact in in their lives and you can see the reality of christ in what they tell you a good testimony will take you look at joyce meyer when you think about joyce meyer do you think wonderful great teacher you think about her and dave in the supermarket she mad all the time huh you think life in the word don't you there's life in the word because she stayed in the word amen and so, in and so, these are these are things that we have to recognize because listen, look at everybody's got a testimony. Yeah. Think what you could do if you really start blabbing it like a lot of these people do, yeah. huh? Yeah. Some people will come just because they're fascinated, and they said, "What? Well, look, now wait a minute. Let this wait. This lady. She said she her first Bible study. She she uh, taught smoking cigarettes what hot pants are." Yeah. I'm serious. He wasn't spirit filled. And she said they smoked, everybody in the Bible study smoked. She wore them little hot pants and sat on the floor with the Bible open and shared her testimony. And look what I found in the Bible. And she does that now. Shared her testimony. Look what I found in the Bible. God will do this for you. And so on and so on. That's how it grows. Amen. So when you obey the will of God, folks, the treasure comes out. Huh? the treasure comes out people didn't mind cigarette smoke in them early bible studies after she came became spirit-filled though she recognized god was bringing her into a different level of dignity in her life got me when brother hagan started that when he was pastoring the question is was he friends with the world It sure was because he did what he thought ministry was supposed to see self. You reflect off yourself and do what you think pleases God instead of finding out what pleases God and doing that. When you find out what pleases God and you do that, you will have the highest level of satisfaction that you will ever have. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to make nothing up. You to have to try real hard all you got to do is be you amen it's the easiest life in the world but very few people find it because there's such warfare against and so many uh, barriers to getting in that flow where you really really reside right? most of us if we could find enough sinners and sick people to pray for we would do it 24 yes.
1: 7
0: you see what i'm saying See, that, that cry is just in us. What's distracting? Family pressures, money pressures, all of those things distracting us. Well, they don't have to be. Amen. See, they don't have to be. God can get all of that out of the way, and you can allow him to put you in exactly the right place that you're supposed to be every single day. Yeah. You can live like that. You can really live like that. I see many people, they, you know, they say, oh, when, when I don't have this job to do, I'm going to do this and save it. Because if you ain't doing it now, you'll never do it. You see what I'm saying? They think sometime off in the future when they get more time for God. And you tell them that. I didn't mean, I, I just say more time. Yes, you did. You said more time. For what? For God. And the things of God. You put him first, you won't have to struggle like that. See, you lay your, down your life one time. You don't have to struggle to get time for God. huh? Gloria Copeland said that she she said she said finally prayed enough and God told her what to do. He told her he wanted her to do a healing meeting. And so she said she went and did the healing meeting, came home and sat down and didn't think about doing anything else. And he told her one day, he said, well, when are you going to, you know, put your next healing meeting? When are you going to announce that? And she was shocked. She said, well, Lord, I just thought you wanted me to do that one. (laughs)
1: Let
0: me tell you, folks, when God's in it, it's never just one, okay? (laughs) One little group of sick people in their day, they're all well now? Are you kidding me? And she she just made up her mind she was going to do it. And the healing services grew to, she was doing more numbers than Ken for a minute. You understand what I'm saying? Because the healing meetings were, and they're still large meetings. And she just gets up and, well, I want you to turn to Proverbs 4. Hmm? Hmm? And she'll start calling out diseases and people start jumping up out of their chairs and coming up to give their testimony. Are you kidding me? Hmm? One time? I don't think so. What we're afraid of is what's going to happen to our this that we like, that that we like, this we want to be. If we really get up and do what God tells us to do, what's going to happen to our stuff that we're so protective over? I don't want to go preach because God might send my husband. You better pray he in the audience somewhere trying to hear the word. Where are you going to send him to? Through the chimney? I don't want to miss my... You won't miss nothing if you obey God. Huh? (laughs) You better hope he can sit down and listen to you preach for a little bit. Huh? <laughs> so, when you, friends have similar goals. Number one, what is your life about? I can tell you what Jesus said. He said it's about more than material things. It's about more than food and clothing. You've got to find out what the more is. see, People get afraid of the more because they don't really believe God is going to take care of them. They must not or they go ahead and focus on the more instead of, well, who wants to be concerned about making a paycheck all day long and how much money you can put away and how much this you can get, how much that you can get? I mean, who needs that? When you have eternal life locked up on the inside of you, conflicting with that all the time. You know, those two things are not compatible. Eternal life is not, your kingdom is not of this world. You live in a kingdom that commands what happens down here on earth. If we just learn to tap into living the command center all the time. And learn how to call the shots, we wouldn't have to be so concerned about, you know, my health and my finances and my this and my that. It's always the same story. I don't care how many seminars we give and how many uh, conferences people have, you know the people on the prayer lines you watch some of these prayer line shows on television it's always health and finances everybody's i don't care how many books they sell and how much we read how many meetings is, everybody's still locked up on health and finances when jesus told us life is about more than just material things abraham considered not his own body at any time you understand me just didn't consider it. He didn't think about it. He get a burn and he didn't think about it. Huh? Yeah. He cut his leg and he didn't think about it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When God promised him a son, he didn't think about how dead his body was. Yeah. So you get in the habit of not thinking about. You carry carry it as high as you want it to go. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I see people they have a little injury or something coming to church and see I love y'all but I will tell you consider not if God tells me not to consider see y'all gotta get grown around here I mean I'm not trying to scare nobody from the altar if you need help but come on now I'm just here one day a week what you gonna do the other six days and I don't mean called Pastor Gigi all the time either. Cut that nonsense out. But we live by faith. We are healed. Huh? We're healed by faith. We're not healed by evidence. In fact, your faith is your evidence. That's all evidence you need. Huh? People have been given the death penalty on less evidence than what we have. Thank you, Sister McKinney. He's paying attention. Mm-hmm. But friends have similar goals. You've got to have goals with God. you got to have the same goals he's got. We have to be about the Lord's business on a full-time basis. He does not have any part-time children. No? You're his child all the time. And you have to be obedient to and imitate the Father at all times. So you have similar goals. His business is our business. We don't get any breaks. Amen. He is our break. If He supplies a break, you get one. If He doesn't supply a break, you don't get one. God has planned our whole lives from day one. every day that you live here is planned by him now don't anybody get condemned if you've been goofing off every day huh that's planned too because He know you ain't gonna move it so fast huh? (laughs) but how many of you when your prayer partner calls you get up and pray that's planned you got me if that's all he got for you to do that day then that's what's planned you understand me because he knows you ain't, you ain't going to be you know rolling 24-7 on just getting a prayer in one person after. some people who he does that with you know there's a, uh, some lady on on, um, she's on one of the Christian stations um, I forget I think that guy Richard Dortch the one that was in caught with um, Jim Baker from years ago he decided to just have a prayer ministry a prayer line and i turn on that that channel at one o'clock she's praying with people at three o'clock she's still praying with people you understand me one person on the phone after another after another scripture just rolling out of her the anointings pulling god every night you see and so When your day is planned by God, when your life is planned by God, he knows exactly what you're going to do 24-7. He expects you to be working for him. Now, what does working for him mean? Sometimes it means just being available to God. That's more it than anything. You got me? God, I'm up for this. I'm up for that i'm up for whatever you're doing i'm in worshiping god staying attentive to god and attuned to god listening to what he has to say we were in california and i was we were ministering back and forth with the the uh, pastor there and she was sharing her testimony and and as she was sharing her testimony she kept saying well you got to read the book you know you know like she was telling too much but she kept talking anyway and so <laughs> i know and see sometimes there's something else going on than what we think is going on even though you're participating in it and so when she was talking finished talking i said well i feel like god really wants us to pray for this situation because i did notice several things that he says he wants to do and he wants to change so see she wasn't just talking too much and keeping me from reading the book
1: right.
0: You know, I was trying to pull from her things that I knew needed to be set right. Because when gifts get together, it's for their mutual edification. And so, amen. And so I know how to put things together in a certain way. And she can put them together in a certain way. And when God can pull people together like that, it's for their mutual benefit. So really being available is a big asset in God's kingdom. Amen. Suppose I said, well, okay, well, you know, let me go in my little hut back there and I'll read the book and, you know, we don't have to talk or anything like that. We never would have gotten to the point of breakthrough for her Amen. in these situations that have been long standing, you know, uh, these watershed type things, these rocks that don't move very quickly. And see, when God, when God wants you to have deliverance and he wants you to have victory, he knows how to set that up for you so and she was kidding me for a minute uh, afterwards she says she said i just told uh, pastor so-and-so there's ladies to come and check us out and see if we really do i said that's part of it i said but the other part of it is we don't know yet you understand what i'm saying you just don't know why god puts people together sometimes but you know that if you use make yourself available to god to use what you have he can bring good out of it amen he can bring good out of it So you have to have mutual goals. We said that God has planned our whole lives from day one. There's no escaping his hand and his touch on everything. God's goal for all humanity is that we recover losses. We are in recovery, folks. Amen. So don't ever let the devil tell you, God don't want you to have this. and God, Oh, you know, you don't pray enough and you don't know, but you know what, devil? I'm not listening to you no more because God told me I'm in recovery in this life. And you can't stop my desire to recover. What are we recovering? We're covering lost identity, lost purpose. We're recovering lost work and relationships. That's why he purchased us out of the devil's control over into his control. Well, see, people don't like that word control, huh? But you're going to be controlled by something. The Bible says that. Don't be deceived. See, the devil make you think, "I'm the master of my ship. You don't even have a ship, brother. You understand what I'm saying? That's borrowed <laughs> Got notes and liens on it. You don't own nothing. You came into this world naked, you won't go out the same way. But God wants us to recover all things under his control, where there is total recovery of all things. We should desire nothing outside of the will of God. It's too expensive. It's too hard to keep up with. It's too hard to take care of. It's too hard to master. It's just too hard. You did that before you met God huh if if you if problems come the bible says let your requests be made known to god see problems are nothing but lack of peace something came into your life and hit your mind and disturbed your peace that's what a problem is it's an idea that something's not right and it disturbs your peace he says if, if that happens to you, he said, let your request be made known to God. And, and with thanksgiving, just thank him for hearing your prayer. Thank him for sending the answer. Thank, you, thank him that he's working on it right now. And receive his peace. That's your covenant bond that he's got it. See? You get his peace and you got everything. And see, we're sitting up whining, complaining, because we ain't got stuff, when really all he promised right now is peace. Yes. Yes. Huh? Yes. Just hold your peace. Yes. Yes. Hmm? Parents sometimes spoil their babies because they want them to shut up. Just quit crying. What do we, yes. Huh? get that old pacifier oh yeah put the pacifier but that don't work no more what do we do now see everybody wants peace so bad <laughs> is that the truth yeah i do anything you know to get it <laughs> all right i see them people on the nanny bad parenting they get up and drive the kid around for six hours and they running into traffic and the kids still awake back then <laughs> huh? But we'll do anything for peace, won't we? Huh? Absolutely. And that's really what we crave. That whatever that is that you think disturbs your peace really isn't the problem. Amen? because when that comes in the devil will threaten you with something else and then your peace is disturbed learn how to go for his peace right off the bat and you won't don't ever let go of that peace and whatever comes in you Oh that well it's on the way too because if this is on the way that's on the way too you got me god's taking care of all of that and he says let your your request be made known to me don't go to scheming and thinking Oh, I got to get, get me a loan. I got to find me some money. You know, we think money is the, the problem everywhere. But really, the problem is you don't have peace about what it is. And you have a major request known to God. I, I can remember testimonies of people who asked God for, I thought, were some just fantastic, crazy things. And got them. And I said, this faith, there's something to this i got to figure out, you know, instead of getting mad, say, well, well, that's kind of silly for you to ask God for that. There's people starving everywhere. Why don't you ask them? No, uh uh-uh. That's their faith to use for what they want to use it for. But it taught me something about the power of faith and God's desire to give his children what they desire. You got me? just like you would go and get that find that old pacifier well i thought the baby didn't need it no more we took it away from she had been found well she cutting up again so you better go find it you got me and god wants to please us in the same way he does not want our peace disturbed not by not for it because walking in peace with him that's a sign of your covenant with him that's a sign of your handshake with god that he's got it he understands it Sometimes we just need to make the request, and God will come up with sources that we don't even know about. We're always trying to work in the known. Huh? Try the unknown for a change. Huh? There we go robbing Peter to pay Paul again. Peter wants something, too, sometimes. He said, why I got to get robbed all the time? Huh? Huh? See, we pray, and then we scheme. Hmm? Oh, I know how God going to do this. He's going to do this out of my, my auntie's foreign bank account somewhere. You, know, you ain't even got no auntie, and she ain't got no money. But we can come up with some fantastic ideas about how God's going to do something. Just make your request known to him and expect him to be every day. Wake up. Thank you. Father, I thank you for answering this. It'll come from an unknown source, I guarantee you. There are some things that are laid up for us that eye has not seen nor ear heard. Why don't you tap into some of that stuff sometime? Huh? <laughs> Mr. Gary, I've been praying for him to be debt free. I see him on my finance prayer every Wednesday. I think it's every Wednesday, me and Ms. Clydell pray the finance prayer lord i thank you mr gary is debt free and that brother just a charge and he had maxed up this and maxed up that he told me how much debt he was in i almost passed out i said mr gary you need to be arrested they need to. you are dangerous to yourself what is wrong with you well i let that brother have it i won't say you worse than i am i ain't go there but i said you worse than a woman with somebody else's credit card Charging it all on your name. What is wrong with you?
1: <laughs>
0: and I prayed a prayer and I said, Debt free. You know, and got an attitude in the prayer room.
1: <laughs>
0: Repent, you know, you straighten up for a minute and you say, Mr. Gary, the here is again. I'm like, now, what he did do? charge up something else. And I called him, I said, How's the debt free coming, Mr. Gary? Well, I <laughs> You know it's one of them your lips say debt free but your attitude says it'll never happen. Huh? I'm guilty. Man, I look at the natural, and I look I at man, come on now. Debt free that's for them people on them programs. <laughs> that ain't for people I know. <laughs> But i said it anyway and this day guess what he's debt free go figure you know what sometimes we we get caught judging god and think we judging people huh because you don't know what god is going to do for somebody who's believing god and serving god every day and i thank god for mr gary Because Mr. Gary was tied when he could have paid off some bills, but he was faithful to God.
1: You understand what I'm saying?
0: You can't beat God. You get in his will and see what he won't do for you. You do what you're supposed to do in God every day and see what he won't do for you. Move mountains for you. Went and found a a little prophetic uh, writing from high school. Mr. and Mrs. Gary Vaso, and moved on it 50 years later. If you want him to move faster, tell him. I said, if he, you want, see, when I say 50 years later, people don't get excited. But I'm excited for them. I'm excited, any, and I know they're excited. You understand me? you want him to move faster, ask him. Huh? he wants to he wants to very much why don't we why don't we quit father we thank you for allowing us the opportunity coming to come in your throne room void as wealth in your presence there's wealth in your throne room god there's wealth of understanding i'll bring you the greatest blessing that you've ever seen that's what the lord said. i'll bring you the greatest blessing that you've ever seen. Let your request be made known. If there's more than one, ask for more than one. And people sometimes say, which one should I ask for? ask for everything. Whatever it is that's on your heart. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. He's a loving God. He's a precious God. Loves you more than His very life. He's proven that already. What more do you need, says the Lord? Ask and I'll give it to you. What more do you need? Ask and I'll give it to you. Ask and I'll give it to you. Ask and I'll give it to you. you. (laughs) Some of you have asked for God's will. Couldn't think of specifics. She said, "Just want your will, Lord." He said, "You have well said, and I will hasten my word to perform it in your life." Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's a good prayer. It's a good prayer. Amen. anybody need prayer up at the altar? Come on up, and I'll pray for you.